0: The more you study the Bible and grow in your faith, the more you know God is faithful to keep His promises. Now, that will be evident today on Turning Point as Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series in 2 Peter chapter 1, a passage that begins with a promise, proceeds with specific steps, and ends with the rewards of completing the steps. So let's listen now as David introduces his message, The Blessing.
1: Well, I can't wait for you to... Hear what's in this passage of Scripture in front of us today. This is Second Peter chapter one verses eight through ten, and we're going to talk about the blessing. We'll finish that up tomorrow, and then on Thursday, we're going to reprise the interview that I did with Sheila Walsh about this whole series. So we have some exciting programming coming up here on our daily radio broadcast. You know, a lot of radio broadcasts like ours have disappeared from the landscape over the last months and years, and we uh, we stand here ready to continue to enter your lives every day by radio. Radio is a powerful tool. It is... Um, non-locational. You can be anywhere and find us. We have people in prison who listen to us every day. We have guys driving in trucks who listen to us every day. And uh, we're so thankful for the opportunity to continue to make available the sound teaching of the Word of God wherever you may be. You can find us. Well, uh, let's get started with today's lesson. This is called The Blessing. You'll find out why as we go along. We're about to dig into some of the richest verses in the Bible verses that have lifted me up and kept me going during the most challenging times that I have lived. If you listen carefully and ask God to help you receive it, God will help you experience the same thing that I have. So as we continue reading the last teachings of this imprisoned but impassioned apostle, we're about to encounter seven incredible blessings. Two of them are in the future, but five of them are available to us right now. Here's the message in a nutshell. God has given you everything you need so that he can bless you in every imaginable way. Second Peter chapter one, verses eight through 11 read as follows. For so, an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of the seven blessings, here is blessing number one. Godly maturity. The first blessing is the surge of godly maturity that accompanies your developing these virtues after peter listed his eight great qualities for us to study and learn he says this for if these things are yours and abound peter wanted the early christians to do more than just have faith he wanted them to devote themselves to growing deeper and wider and richer in their faith and god wants the same for you and for me and some of Peter's final recorded words were that if we will do this, we will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter three eighteen. At times in Jesus' life, Peter seemed like the most immature disciple. But by the end of Peter's life, he had profound spiritual maturity and he was ready to disclose the secret of how he got that way. That's what we've been studying. It was Jesus and the process that was unleashed in his life since their very first encounter. Now, Peter is saying that if we do these things, and he said, if these things are yours and they abound, what things is he talking about? The eight things we've been talking about. I told you earlier that these things, that little phrase is in this text five times within about three verses. Peter says, listen to me, if these things that we've been talking about are yours and you're growing in them, you abound in them, he says, you will have reached a level of adulthood spiritually that is unlike most of the people you know. Peter is saying that these things can belong to you. They can abound in you. You can take possession of them. Better yet, they can take possession of you. They can become integrated into your personality like veins of gold and granite. You can have a rock-like maturity. You can have these things, and these things can abound in you. That's one of the great blessings of this passage. This isn't just a curriculum that we study so that we can go on to the next thing. This is a curriculum that we study that will change our lives, and if we're serious about it, Peter says this. If these things are yours, And they abound. In other words, if you're not just learning, but you continue to learn. You will be growing to a level of maturity that you may never have dreamed was possible for you. And that's what will happen with you. If you take seriously what we've been talking about. And if you add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge, etc, etc. The Bible says (laughs) if you do these things if these things are yours and they're abounding in you you will get a confidence about your life that's really special you can't have a lot of confidence if you're just floundering around kind of floating around with everything but if you see growth in your life that is so special when we see that we're growing it is such an encouraging thing to us and such an assuring thing to us This is where I was last year. This is where I am now. I didn't get there by myself. Almighty God's at work in my life. Amen. (laughs) Here's the second blessing. Blessing number one is godly maturity. Blessing number two is growing productivity. Here again in 2 Peter 1.8 we read, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Peter put that in the negative, I've restated it in the positive. In essence, he's saying, if you possess these eight qualities and you are growing in them, you will be increasingly effective and productive in whatever you do for Jesus Christ. All of you have your stories of things where you've been involved in serving Jesus and we don't wanna just go serve him, we wanna be effective in our service for him But when you're growing, you become a more useful tool in the hands of the Lord. If you are sharpening your life with the discipleship principles we've been learning, little by little, God will trust you with greater influence and greater opportunity, and you will have greater joy as you serve him. Rodney Smith Jr. came from Bermuda to Alabama for schooling. He was having a hard time deciding what he was gonna do with his life. He said, I prayed that God would use me as his vessel, and one day he was driving down the street and he saw an elderly man struggling to cut his grass. So Rodney stopped and he helped him finish the job. When I was driving away, I was amazed at how good that felt. And truly, I believed God was speaking to me, so as I was finishing up my computer science degree, I would find widows and veterans and disabled or elderly people that needed their grass cut and I'd just go cut it for them for free. I couldn't believe how it touched them. So many of these people had lost a lot of joy in their lives more than cutting their lawn, I'd spend time listening to their stories and so it was not just about taking care of their yard, it was showing them that they matter and that God cares about them and that they matter to God. Rodney started recruiting kids from the city and encouraging them to take care of yards, raking leaves in the fall, shoveling snow in the winter. He gave t-shirts to any teen who would take care of 10 lawns. And if they did 50 lawns, he gave them a free lawnmower. Rodney's unique ministry provides lawn care, loving fellowship to single moms, to elderly people, to disabled vets, and many others. And takes young men off the street and mentors and trains them and teaches them the power of giving themselves to a cause today he has this ministry called raising men lawn care service (laughs) and he's got he's got 300 young boys and girls working throughout the united states he travels all over america cutting lawns and giving talks about how god can use us to serve others. And I like to tell that story because it illustrates this principle. Spiritual growth is the father of spiritual productivity. That's what Peter promises. The New Living Translation of 2 Peter 1.8 puts this principle in plain and simple language. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be. Psalm 92, 14 says, they shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Once you start this pattern of asking God to help you grow in your knowledge of who he is through the scripture and the principles we've been studying, once you determine that these things are going to be important in your life, once you start to grow, Get ready because God is going to put you to work in ever more effective ways and more exciting places. He'll use you in a way you probably can't even imagine now that he would do. Blessing one is godly maturity. Blessing two is growing productivity. Here's blessing number three. Greater clarity. The third blessing comes with the development of these virtues is In verse 9 he says for he who lacks these things. So if you don't do these things Peter says you will be short-sighted even to blindness Short-sighted people have trouble figuring out how to live They don't know what to say. They don't know how to act what values they should have and what opinions they should express short sighted people are blinded by the devil they're blind to spiritual truth they need to function properly have you ever been fitted for glasses i look around and see that many of you have (laughs) well the last time i visited the optometrist i sat down in this chair in a dark room and he pulled around a large device that looked like a complicated set of interlocking binoculars And he placed my chin on the pad and I looked through the lens and everything was blurred. As he turned a wheel, I heard a click. Is that better or worse? (laughs) I heard another click. Is that better or worse? And click by click, things became clearer and clearer until I could read all the letters on whatever line I was supposed to be reading on. Based on that gradual process, He wrote down a prescription, and I have lenses in my eyes because of that. Listen to me. These eight qualities Peter lists are like those lenses. Click by click, the great optometrist clarifies your vision as you mature in his prescribed qualities. Bit by bit, you're better able to read the handwriting of his will. You're able to see the letters of his grace. You're able to discern the time, know how to act. Little by little, click by click, as you learn these virtues, God puts you in a place where you're able to see things like you never saw them before. It's called discernment. How many of you know discernment is one of the great gifts that we need today? Because as I mentioned earlier, we don't have many precedents left. Discernment or wisdom is knowing what to do when you've never heard of it ever being done before You don't have anything to look back and say oh, this is no So many things that we're having happen to us today We have never seen happen before and when you walk with God and you develop these qualities in your life He gives you this clarity this vision so that you can see things through his perspective I've fallen in love with the word clarity. I love that word It means seeing things as they are, not like you wish they were. It means seeing things by faith and understanding that God is working all things for his good. And the Bible has a lot to say about that that you may not remember. The psalmist said, Lord, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Again, this was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. When we get our vision clear, we're no longer short-sighted. That's what the scripture says. What does that mean? You know what it means to be short-sighted? It means all you see is what's happening around you, what's happening now. You lose sight of the future. How many of you know that if you're gonna be really effective as a Christian, you not only have to know what's going on in the future, but you gotta see forward. You gotta see what God is doing, where he's taking this and where we're all going. You gotta be willing to look ahead and know that God has a plan for your life, but most of that plan isn't about what's down here. God has a plan that takes you beyond that uh, to heaven. So here's what I think Peter means when he says that if we don't develop these qualities in our life, we end up being short-sighted. We lose interest in anything beyond what affects us in the here and now. One of the things I've watched as a young pastor to where I am today is it's very difficult for people today to get very interested in what God is doing in the future. As you know, I preach on prophecy a lot. A lot of times people tell me that they don't know why I preach on prophecy because it doesn't seem to be very relevant to them. But if you study the Bible carefully, you know that God has constructed his world in such a way that he wants us to see eternity, but he wants us to live now. If we don't see eternity, we won't live right. If all we have is what we have here that's not very much fun and it's a pretty miserable way to live life if this is it if all we have now we should go out and just you know whatever you have to do to get happy get happy but the Bible says there's a lot more to life than that in fact here in 2nd Peter chapter 3 Peter talks about looking for the coming of the day of God, looking for the new heavens and the new earth, looking forward to the things of the future. That's what it means not to be short-sighted. Friends, don't just look at what's happening here. Ask God to give you a vision of where we're going and what's going to happen in the future. And one of the reasons I preach on prophecy is because the fourth of the Bible is prophetic. Did you know that? If I didn't preach on prophecy, I'd just take a knife and cut a quarter of the Bible out and throw it away. A lot of guys have done that. But every time I preach on prophecy, I realize that when God tells me something about the future, he also gives me a clue as to how that works in the present. You remember the passage in John 14 that goes like this. The disciples are upset because Jesus is going to leave them and go back to heaven. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, You believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you And if I go to prepare a place for you I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there You may be also now the whole last part of what I just quoted is about the future Jesus said to his disciples I'm going to heaven and I'm gonna make a place ready for you so that when it's time You can come to be where i am but don't forget he added the instruction to that at the beginning what was the instruction don't let your heart be troubled they were troubled because they didn't know what the future held they knew jesus said he was going to heaven but they didn't know what that meant what about the people they loved that had already died and all of that jesus said don't let your heart be troubled how do you not let your heart be troubled Realize that God has a plan for your life that doesn't end at the end of this life, right? I mean, I could give you illustration after illustration. You know the passage in Hebrews that says, And forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And then it goes on to say, Be sure to get together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What is that? The day of Christ. When we know that Christ is coming to take us home and there's some things that are going to happen between now and then It should motivate us to go to church and be with other people And so here you have this future thing that's motivating you to do this present thing If you're short-sighted you will lose all of the motivation that you need to live the Christian experience I remember reading a story about Ronald Reagan when he was a child He was very nearsighted. He didn't know it. But neither did anybody else. He saw much of the world like a blur. One day, when he was 13 years old, his father took the family for a Sunday drive through the green countryside around Dixon, Illinois. He was sitting in the back seat and he noticed his mother, Nell, had left her eyeglasses on the seat. So he picked them up and he put them on. The next instant he said, I let out a yelp that almost caused my father to run off the road. Nobody knew what I was yelling about, but I had discovered a world I didn't know existed before. Until then, a tree beside the road looked like a green blob, and a billboard was a fuzzy haze. Suddenly, I was able to see branches on trees and leaves on the branches. There were words and pictures on the billboards. Look, I shouted, pointing to a herd of grazing dairy cows I'd never seen before i was astounded by picking up my mother's glasses i had discovered that i was extremely nearsighted and all of a sudden a new world opened up to me as you grow in the grace of jesus christ men and women your vision becomes increasingly more clear You see his blessings more quickly. You learn to focus your vision on the things you didn't see before. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So blessing number three is greater clarity. Being able to see things better when you're adding these things to your life. God gives you a greater perspective on how life works. Here's number four a grateful memory once again here is a positive principle from some negative terms second peter 1 9 says this he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness now listen to this phrase and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins Peter makes this astounding statement that if we don't give ourselves to growth and development as Christians, we run the risk of coming to the place where we don't even remember that we have become Christians. Our salvation becomes almost not important to us anymore. Allow me to restate this principle. If you grow in the qualities we've studied, you will never forget how Christ has forgiven you from your past sins. You will keep Calvary in mind, always remembering how Jesus rescued you, restored you, and blessed you, and you will always be excited about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter is warning us against a complacent, satisfied faith. Instead, he wants us to keep the joy and thrill of our salvation fresh in our memory. When you are constantly seeking to grow in Christ-like character, you will never lose the delight of what's happened to you as a Christian. Amen. Well, isn't that true? We've had that experience in these last few days, and it's it's amazingly true. Amazingly true. Hey, you know, um, one of the things about teaching the narrative sections of the Bible, the stories of the Bible, is that they're not only stories, but in those stories are incredible principles. Rob Morgan found that out when he studied the 27th chapter of Acts and the story of Paul's shipwreck. He wrote a whole book about it called The Mediterranean Sea Rules, How to Manage Your Life When You're in the Midst of a Storm. And from that story, he extrapolated these principles that will help you in the storms you may face. can't tell you how excited I am about this book, and I'd love for you to have a copy of it, which you can have for a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of February. Now, we're just about out of days in February, so if you're going to do this, you should do it right away. Ten God-Given Strategies for Navigating life Storms. It's yours for the asking when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Don't forget also that the study guide and the uh, CDs for this series, uh, Everything You Need, is available from Turning Point at davidjeremiah.org. Go there. You will see them pictured, and you can order whatever you want from the resources that we have for this particular search, including a, a full-length book, which I did some years ago on 2 Peter chapter 1. Well, have a great day, friends. And uh, be blessed as a Christian. We'll see you here tomorrow at the same time, right here on this good station.
0: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Everything You Need, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.org forward slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.org slash radio. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules, 10 God-given strategies for moving forward. This helpful resource is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and the New King James versions with notes, and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org forward slash radio. I'm Gary Hoogfleet. Join us tomorrow as we conclude the series, Everything You Need. It's here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.